Welcome to Women's Hoops and Talks, the what podcast, where we are elevating the voice of women in basketball. I'm Tara. And I'm Cassidy. Thank you so much for listening today. We've got a great show coming up. We've got Ashton Batuso, co-founder and editor-in-chief of Flagrant Mag, a new publication launching this fall and also a big Blazer fan. Welcome to the show, Ashton. Thank you, guys. I'm excited to be here. Well, we start off our uh, podcast every week with an icebreaker because that's just who we are. Uh, (laughs) Cassidy, do you want to get us started? Yeah. So I'm wondering, with the new news of CJ McCollum signing a contract, what would be the first thing you'd buy if you signed a $100 million contract? Um, Do I have to go or are you guys going? We're all going to have to say something. (laughs) Okay, because I don't know. I need to think. Somebody else go first. Okay, I will go first. Um, I would be afraid of spending all of my money all at once. So the first thing I would do would get myself a really nice meal. And then I'm and I'm talking about me personally, not like as if I was like already an NBA player with everything okay. that I wanted. Oh yeah. That's how I'm looking at it. I'm looking at yeah. it like I'm Tara and suddenly they somebody discovered that I'm really good at something <laughs> and was like, here's a hundred million extra dollars. Wow. So I would go out and buy a really awesome wardrobe and like pay for a stylist and like just have somebody get me completely set in yeah. that whole department because I am a miserable failure when it comes to my wardrobe and all of that stuff. So I would just I would just turn it over. I would like find a stylist and I would just be like fix everything and I would be yeah. so excited. And I probably still wouldn't like look as glamorous as I wanted to, but I would at least try. Yeah, I think that's a good call. That's uh that's money well spent there. Oh wow, that's a good one. Um okay, my first thought was I mean I gotta buy a car. I just got a hundred yeah. million dollar contract. Yeah. So I would be searching for a nineteen seventy-seven red Volkswagen <laughs> thing in red. Um and I would want to put a new engine in it, and then I want to deck it out blazer style on the inside and drive around without the top on all over Portland, just oh bringing cheer and championship glory, hopefully. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's amazing. You'd probably get in the championship parade with that thing. Oh, uh, that's uh, the goal. Oh, oh I love it. <laughs> I loved when I was like begging for my first car, I really wanted a thing like so bad. And my mom was like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm not doing that for you. I was like, okay, fine. So I honestly, I'm going to copy that. I would also do that. But like, so that I have to answer, I'll make that my second purchase. My first purchase, <laughs> I, I hate to be all like NBA player, but I'd probably like buy my mom a house. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a, that's a good one. <laughs> I mean, like, that's what they all do as well. Uh, NBA, NFL players, they all do the same. I'd probably do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you're better than all the rest of us. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. You're thinking about Sorry your about it. <laughs> that's why I wanted to go last so I could be like, oh, yeah, you guys didn't give your mom anything? Okay. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I can see how this is going to go. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Ashton. Totally, um, yeah. <laughs> been following you for quite a while on Twitter, Blazer Twitter. It's a thing. If you're not already there, it's definitely fun. And I've met, we've met some super cool people along the way. Um, so how about we start off by having you just tell us a bit about yourself and how you got into basketball? Um, I have been a Blazers fan for my whole life. 
Um, because as you guys know, when you grow up there, it's what we have and it's what we do. Um, so I've kind of just always paid attention to them and always loved them. Um, I loved, you know, Bonzi and Brian Grant and, you know, everybody from Rudy Fernandez, Sergio Rodriguez to now. And yeah, so I just have, I've always just cared about the Blazers and I, I'm a big sports fan in general. Um, so I follow a bunch of other sports as well, but you know, you got to root for the hometown team and what a team we have, um, especially now. And yeah, I guess that's it. I I also have to mention that I went to Oregon state and I love Beavs hoops too, especially the women. I've, I love watching the lady Beavs play and yeah, I'm a big supporter of theirs. So I live in, I live in Colorado, but whenever the Oregon state teams come to Colorado, I make sure to go to all of those games as well. So. Right on. Do you have any like sort of fond memories or pieces of memorabilia from back in the day that, you know, things that you look at and remember, yeah, that was awesome. So um, I remember that we all um, like during that playoff run, I guess it was 2000 um, when Brian Grant like got a nick on his face or whatever it was. And we all were like wearing yes. band. It's like that whole, <laughs> that whole, like whatever run that was, I guess it was a playoff. I guess that, that must've been the year that we lost to the Lakers, right? In the Western Conference finals. I don't know yeah. what you're um, talking about. That never happened. <laughs> that never happened. Yeah, no, you're right. Sorry. That didn't happen. Um, but yeah, like probably my favorite memory ever is just like ripping the band-aids with my whole family, like on our cheeks, like just watching that amazing run. Um, I and- totally remember that by the way. <laughs> yeah. And I, <laughs> I couldn't remember who it was, so I'm glad that you brought that up because I yeah. I thought it was Clifford Robinson, but I think you sound – yeah. Brian Grant in the Utah series. I think I'm Malone. right. I, yeah, you're totally right. It was Carl Malone <laughs> hit Brian Grant in that Utah series. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that was – yeah, and everybody wore – it was like – was it over his mm-hmm. eye or on his cheek or something like yeah. that? Yeah, like, yeah, on his cheek, I think, yeah. Yeah, there's just <laughs> some weird random shared memories. <laughs> I know. Isn't that funny? Well – to be fair, like around that time, aside from like that year, there wasn't like a ton to like pull from after that <laughs> year for a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I remember going to games like a few years after that and we had like amazing seats. Tickets were like very cheap. Mm-hmm. Like um, that was like Zach Randolph years, maybe. Um, yeah. Anyway. So your whole family was into basketball? Yeah. And I. sports? Yeah, I I played soccer like really heavily growing up. So I didn't um, I played year round. So I didn't really have time to play basketball. But I I played in like third or fourth grade. And I scored like six points that season. So I think my family was like, all right, this isn't your thing. (laughs) Let's just keep you in soccer and forget about this year. Um, Yeah, so I only played one year, but I've always been a fan. What do you think? Like, why do you think you're a sports fan? What do you get out of it? I, I, <laughs> what do I get out of it? That's a really funny question being an Oregon state and Blazers fan. Um, it, because you know, it's just like a sad life this year was not sad, but, um, yeah. What do I get out of it? I guess like it's an element of community, of course, but I also think I just love the competitive nature of it and it and like you can really express your passion and like I mean I'm like a little bit 
a little bit crazy at times. And I think it sort of like gives me an outlet to be like very enthusiastic and very theatrical. And um, it's just like fun. And you, it's like, like you were talking about with Blazers Twitter, it just, you have these friends automatically that you're like, it doesn't even matter if I have anything else in common with you. We're friends now because we have this shared interest, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's very well put. I like it. <laughs> Um, like we, uh, like uh, Cassidy mentioned earlier, CJ just signed a really big extension. Were uh, either of you have thoughts on that today? We're recording this on Tuesday. I don't know. It's going to come out a few days later, but that's brand new news to us, basically. Yeah. So I actually have a Blazers group chat, like fantasy football Twitter group chat that where we're supposed to be talking about football. And it just started like two days ago, but we, this news broke and we were just like going at it like all day while we were at work. Like, what do you guys think about this? What do you guys think about this? And I am ecstatic about it. There were a couple people that were like, eh, it's fine. Like still, you know how there's always going to be the people that want to trade CJ, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I just cannot personally understand. Um, but yeah, I'm ecstatic. I think he deserves it. I'm excited. I think that we have not hit our ceiling, contrary to what a lot of people believe. And I think we can go far. And I believe in CJ and Dame for sure. Right on. How about you, Cassidy? Yeah, I definitely agree. I think a, a customer actually, I was at work today and a customer came in and told me because they know I was a fan. They're like, have you seen the news? And I was like, what news? Like I was imagining <laughs> the worst. And then it's CJ signing a contract, which was good news. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's an exciting thing. Yeah, I'm excited. And I really, I just really hope that we keep the two of them together. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my hope. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. I hadn't thought about it this way, but a lot of people were like, well, what does this mean for Anthony? And I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Because everybody's been talking about how we're like building this thing sort of around him. Like we, we have so much belief in Anthony and I love him personally. Um, and I just kind of was like, oh, interesting. Someone assured me, I think it was Eric Gunderson assured me that Terry is not afraid of a three-guard lineup. So I was like, okay, cool. That's true. Good point. Yeah, it's a pretty small three-guard lineup, though. That's what <laughs> I that was my first thought. I mean, my first thought was good for CJ. Um, mm-hmm. my second uh was I think, you know, other some people may disagree, but it seems to me that if you have a locked-in contract at this point, um, that's just less variables in the <laughs> equation. And so even, you know, it was like when he signed his original contract, it was like a super straightforward, it was like X amount of dollars per year, boom, done. And yeah. I don't know the details of this contract, but it seems like another, like just straightforward one. Like this is what you're getting, boom, done. Um, so I was just glad that like there was some clarity on where he's going to be in five years in terms of just like how much so that, you know, if there are trades going on, you know, people know exactly what his status is. Um, yeah. If people are looking to trade, I have had kind of decided that I was going to be all in on CJ this year because I'm always going to be all in on Damian Lord. That's like, you know, since mm-hmm. he set foot here, I've been all in on Damian Lord. Yeah. Took me a long time to warm up to Nurk. Now I'm like a hundred percent on board Nurk. And I, and then I was just like, like CJ just kind of like hangs out, just kind of chills there. <laughs> doesn't like really demand a lot of attention, does great yeah. things. And then every once in a while he'll do something and people will look at him like, whoa, 
So I decided I yeah. was going to pay attention to CJ this year. Like, I'm going to really just try to get to know him and his game and what he does and how he does it. Um, so I was like, oh, sweet. So, you know, now CJ is going to be motivated and I'm going to be paying attention to him. But then I was like, but what about Anthony? Because if CJ's locked in for five years, do you think Anthony's going to come in off the bench for five years behind him? Like, I know weird and it's you know he could grow a little bit and maybe maybe they groom him to play the three maybe cj plays more of the three or maybe they just play pure positionless and you know nurkic and collins are big enough i don't know i just but my thing was like and then i got really dark you know i got really (laughs) dark and conspiratorial and i was like well maybe that's why the blazers have been hyping him up so much is because they're like hey anthony's gonna be like (laughs) better than so i got very i went to very dark places with it wow yeah you really thought this one through i know i'm just like woo, yay cj and you're like hold on i know but i am i am excited for cj and i am planning on having this be the year of cj so i really hope he sticks around yeah yeah i i i do have to say what what game was that so the denver series i went to games one three and and seven. Oh, in Denver, because you're in Denver. Yeah. Oh, that's so, so cool. Yeah, we spent like <laughs> uh, way too much money on tickets. Um, <laughs> you got to do it, though. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember if it was game seven or I, we might have gone one, five, seven or one, three, seven. I can't remember. Anyways, whatever game it was when Dame, I mean, Dame didn't play great the whole series. Right. But there was a game where CJ just went off and I think he scored, I think he ended up scoring like 40 points or something. And, uh, I was just like, so hyped on CJ at that moment. I was just like, this is it. You're one of us for sure. Now. Why couldn't they be Steph and clay? Like, why would that be so like, just because CJ isn't as tall as Clay is and he's not as mm-hmm. good as yeah. on defense. It doesn't mean that those two can't like Dame and CJ can't be like a killer duo. That's true. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm tell that happen. <laughs> Call Terry. Um, <laughs> yeah. I like that. Well, uh, to pivot just a little bit, um, I want to talk about flagrant magazine, which was, mm-hmm. is uh, going to be coming out in the fall. Uh mm-hmm. could, yeah, so if you could just start off by telling us what Flagrant Mag is. Yeah, um, so Flagrant Magazine is going to be a magazine that encompasses everything that sort of intersects with basketball. So I think that basketball's um a little bit unique um, compared to other sports in that there's so many sort of like cross sections. There's like art meets basketball, fashion meets basketball, Um there's all these amazing stories about players and pickup leagues. And um, I think basketball just lends itself to like so many different sectors and, and verticals um, that a magazine that encompasses all of that is, is a really intriguing concept. Um, and I haven't really seen that, you know, there's franchise, which is like all art based and it's really great. I love franchise and there's things like slam and um, dime and, all those are really awesome. Um, and we kind of just want to sort of do what every, all of those are doing um, and encompass all of it. And we've kind of found basketball ourselves. Each one of us separately has found like an organic community of some kind in basketball. It like, it just lends itself to that for whatever reason. So 
Um, we thought it would be really fun to create our own community surrounding basketball as well um, and kind of be able to curate that community and, and make sure that we're hearing from women and men alike. And it's not just the stats and it's not just sneakers. Um, you know, it can be all of it. So we want to create something that everybody wants to put, um, you know, on their coffee table for when guests come over and it's, a, it's beautiful. Um, and it's also really interesting and riveting. So that's what flagrant is and what it will be when it launches. That sounds so cool. <laughs> yeah. Thank I mean, you. It also sounds like a ton of work. So like, what has that been like? Um, so we all have, there's four of us, four founders. Uh, we have two creative directors, one in New York and one in San Francisco. Um, Bethany is in or Oakland, I should say. Bethany's in Oakland. Brasilia is in New York. And then we have our graphic designer, head of graphics, layout and all that in Portland. That's Alex. Um, and we all have like very different backgrounds. And, you know, when I first kind of thought of this concept, I, I was trying to think of like who, what, what boxes I need to tick because, you know, I, I do consider myself to know, you know, a lot that has to do with what goes into this, but there were a lot of spaces I needed to fill. And like you're saying, it's a lot of work. So I think like we have the perfect team for it and everybody's like doing such a great job at like handling what they know and also like figuring out what they don't know. Um, and it's just been like a really fun process to do this all together yeah, it, it's definitely a lot of work. You're right about that. Um, but it's definitely been worth it so far. Is, is it is it made harder or easier by the fact that you're doing it about something that you're super passionate about that you love? I mean, like, is it hard to, like, turn it off completely because it's related to basketball and sports and you love basketball and your sports and you're always into them? Um, but, yeah. like, how do you make yourself <laughs> turn it off and get a break? That's it. That is a good question and something I hadn't actually thought about until you just said that. I probably don't ever turn it off. And that's probably not good, like, to some extent. But it's also so much fun that it's hard not to. I mean, you know, we all, all the four of us are just, like, creatives and we like creating stuff. And we also love basketball. So we're never like, oh, bummer, I have to do this thing. You know, it's not like that. But it is sort of like, okay, come home from work. And I'm working again at my other job, technically. Um, so, yeah, it's that that doesn't make it harder. Um, it does maybe make it harder to put it down, though. Yes. <laughs> can you give us a little preview of what we can expect in the first issue? Yeah, um, we have a couple of stories that I'm really excited. About. I mean, it's going to be like very beautiful. There's going to be a lot of illustrations and there's a lot of stuff from artists and everything like that. But um Story-wise, we have a story on um, Sydney Weiss and um, the WNBA, and she um, starts for the Los Angeles Sparks. Um, and so we're going to have a story, her kind of telling the story of what it's like to be on the WNBA, how difficult it is to make a team every year, because people don't really realize that about the WNBA. Um, it's a lot different than the NBA, and it's a lot more cutthroat. Um, so we have that story coming out. Uh, and I'm really excited about that. And then we have a story um, on Meredith Minka, who works for um, Bleacher Report. And she she's sort of just like the person everybody knows on Twitter because she does like the coolest, the coolest, coolest photographs. And she she was just at um, 
WNBA all-star and took some amazing stuff with like Megan Rapinoe and Sue Bird and like all this just like unreal stuff. So we have a profile on her and um, sort of like her daily routines and, and how she balances mental health and how that can be tied to basketball. And um, so, yeah, those are a couple of our stories that we have cooking. That's super exciting. Yeah. Where will people be able to get a hold of it? So we're going to, uh, our website's not up yet, but we actually have another person from Blazers Twitter working on it now. <laughs> um, and that will be up in the next few days. Um, and you'll be able to at least like get a, get a better idea of who we are and what we're trying to do. But you'll also be able to purchase it there um, on our website. And then we're um, kind of discussing some other distribution opportunities um, and our aim at some point is to get it into stores. Um, and so we have, we, you know, can't, I shouldn't say yet, but we are, you know, in the works there. Is it, I don't know, maybe this, this, this is going to sound like a mom, I guess, <laughs> asking you this, but you know, since you would buy your mom a house, I guess, um, <laughs> like, are you, are you worried about like how, how do you convince people when you know print is going away and ESPN magazine is going away and people don't buy yeah. things out of bookstores? How do you convince people that this is uh, you know this is where they want to be? Fine. Um, I have had a couple people be like, "Why are you doing a magazine? Like people don't buy magazines." Um, and. My thought, like, to be frank, my thought is not that this is going to be the most lucrative thing in the whole world. My thought is that this is going to be something that's really aesthetically beautiful, that shares stories of people who, you know, don't have their stories told necessarily. And like I said, I have, I mean, me personally, I have a couple um, magazines that I keep on my coffee table that are just like pretty to have, like, I think people that are creatives um, just like looking at nice things. And so, and, you know, I also think that there's a little bit of creative in everybody. Um, But I think a lot of people don't know that or have never thought of something like this, maybe. Like, so I think once people see it and, like, it registers what it is, I think people will be like, oh, that's a fun new thing that I hadn't really, like, thought about before. Because, like you're saying print is not like the most lucrative thing. People don't think about buying magazines, but this isn't going to be like a 20. I don't know what's in Cosmo. (laughs) I like They always have that cover over it. I don't know what's in there anymore, (laughs) but it's going to be like a timeless, it's going to be a piece of art essentially. So that's kind of my pitch is like, this is a piece of art with a bunch of really cool artists and a bunch of really cool stories in it. And that's why people should buy it. Uh, you know, that that explanation makes perfect sense to me because it's like it's not your mom's magazine, you know, yeah, which yeah. when, you know, when I was buying magazines 21, 20 years ago, they were mm-hmm. expendable. Like yeah. you, you ripped out the recipes you wanted to keep and then you tossed the rest of it. And yep. it sounds like it's something that like you're going to want to keep and you're going to want to yeah. have your stack of them to go back through because there's interesting stories and beautiful pictures to look at. Yeah. And, you know, we're even like discussing um, what it might look like if we featured a couple prints in the piece um, that, you know, people could have and then frame if they wanted to or whatever. Um, so, yeah, we're we're exploring a bunch of really cool things. And um, yeah, well, that's super cool. <laughs> 
I, I, I wish you all the best and I can't wait to get my hands on the first, uh, first issue. Yes. Well, so ladies, we talked about when we were trying to figure out what we wanted to talk about tonight, we thought it would be fun to learn some new facts about some of the new players on the Blazers because there are a heck of a lot of them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> After not much turnover, now suddenly there's new guys everywhere. Um, yeah. So you think we just go, um, we, each cho- we each chose two guys to talk about. Um, Cassidy, would you like to start? Yeah, sure. So I uh, picked uh, Hassan Whiteside as one of my players. And I must say, I'm beyond excited after doing all of this research. uh, (laughs) Because I think he's really going to fit in a lot of ways. We could talk basketball, but instead I want to talk about fish. Um, Hassan Whiteside loves fish. He was featured on an episode of Animal Planet's Tanked, where he got a a thousand gallon fish tank installed in his house. Oh my gosh. Um, it was bigger than him. He was so excited. It was ridiculous. He was measuring his wingspan against the tank. The tank was bigger. Um, Look at that. He frequently takes videos of him asking guidance from koi fish. Um, so that's like not a new thing? No, this has been going on since the year 2016. Wow. Um, and my favorite question that he's asked the koi so far that I've seen is, if the world is a sphere, is ball really life? And if that does not haunt your dreams at night, I don't know what will. Oh my um, God. That's he's even already found local koi fish in Portland to go visit, including an OG named Steve. <laughs> so, <laughs> moving on from oh. fish, he also loves other animals. He's gone beyond just talking to fish, and he celebrated becoming the first player to go from a minimum contract to a maximum contract in one year by going to the zoo. Mm. And the social media content is the stuff of legends. He was talking to reindeer about Christmas, polar bears about Coca-Cola, tigers (laughs) about Frosted Flakes, leopards about taking selfies, he was on a hunt to find Rafiki, and he danced with peacocks. It was wonderful. Yeah. Um, so this may be old news to those of Miami, but I feel like it's new news to us in Portland. And after losing social media king Evan Turner, I think Hassan yeah. Whiteside is the player we all need. Oh, wow. That's a good point. He's a really good fill-in for Evan, huh? Yeah. So all right, well, embracing I've it. Had- I'm excited about that because I'm going to start a campaign to turn Hassan Whiteside vegan because um, we lost Dame. The vegan community lost Dame last year when he became unvegan. But I think I can get Hassan if he loves animals that much. So that's my new thing now. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely worth a try. It would definitely be like a talking point. But yeah. it sounds like he – so I saw the the one of him talking to the fish in the Japanese garden, and I thought that was just, like, him, like, being wacky and funny. Yeah, I did not know that this was, like, a long-standing – Yeah, I didn't either. From what I can tell, yeah, because I found some pretty old articles referencing the fish. So I'm thinking the fish seemed to be a long-standing thing. That's awesome. Yeah. And a yeah. tank that's bigger than his wingspan – that yeah, it was big giant. I, I highly recommend Portland. 
Probably not. It looked like it was a real heck of an installation, but I yeah. hope that he has a large fish tank here in Portland. Yeah, I'm sure he will if he doesn't yet. Did Did you see did any evidence if he had like any other pets like uh, cats or dogs or anything? I've not found evidence of pets, but uh, I will continue the hunt and I will keep you updated on the Hassan Whiteside animal situation. Uh, <laughs> wow. That yep. gets us off to an amazing start. <laughs> yeah, truly, truly. <laughs> uh, uh, who wants to go next? <laughs> yeah, right? Do you want to go next, Ashton? you want me to go? Um, I can go. Mine are, like, not as exciting. Okay, I, like, picked these two being, like, I'll get something good from them. Like, I'm going to find out some good stuff. I did, like, a bunch of tweet Twitter um, creeping. I was going to call it tweet. Treeping. 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 <laughs> um, and I didn't find a bunch, but I did find something that I did not know. And maybe this, honestly, maybe this makes me a bad fan. Like, I don't even know if I should admit this because maybe everybody else just like put the two together. Um, Nasir Little, I did not realize, has known Anthony Simons for like, what year is it? 19? For like four years at least. Oh. Um, yeah. So they're both from Orlando, which like, duh. And I found Anthony has since like deleted his tweets, but there were all these replies from Nasir to Anthony. And yeah, apparently they go way back, which is pretty exciting. And I didn't like find any literature that says this. So maybe we're breaking the news here. Wow, um, that's some good detective work. I know we're now a breaking news podcast. I don't know if you guys know that, but that's what you are now. <laughs> Yeah, so which is I'm excited about because I really love Anthony. So any friend of Anthony is a friend of mine, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so I mean, I'd heard stuff. I'd heard that like there was footage from like one game that they <laughs> played in together, but I didn't realize that they had um, gone back to like being in conversation on Twitter. Very yeah. curious that Anthony's are not there anymore. Hmm. I know. I Maybe it's just a smart, like, yeah. I'm, you know, because you know how, like, Dante yeah. DiVincenzo and stuff, like, his, like, high school tweets are dug up, and it's yeah. like, yeah. When you're 17, you might say some <laughs> things that are uh, somewhat yeah. not. And some of them are to... young. Some of them now, it's like, I mean, they were, like, 14 mm-hmm. when they which I, like, can't even fathom. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, thank God I didn't have a Twitter when I was 14. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Naz is uh, one of the things that I um, I interrupted Dan in the middle of a rant on the weekly podcast this week um, mm-hmm. because he said something about um, how young Anthony was. And I was like, hey, wait, Naz is actually younger than Anthony. Mm-hmm. So we finally have somebody on the team. That's Wait, that's, is that true? They are... Yes. Oh my gosh. Let's, let us let us confirm because I don't want to have bad. Inf- I don't want to be putting bad information out there. Yeah. Um, Sierra was born February first of two thousand, and Anthony yeah. was born in nineteen ninety nine. Right. I think. Yeah. Wait. Yeah, because I think yeah. this is the first year that a a player from the year yep. two thousand was drafted that was born after. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Anthony was ninety nine, and Naz Little oh. was two thousand. So. Wow, um, I feel old. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. It's such a bummer it, to talk about that. <laughs> it's, it's that baby face that, uh, yeah. that Fernie has. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know. 
Anything else you want to add about Naz Little? Um, he also, this is exciting news. He was, there were only three rookies actually that were signed to a deal with Nike the other day. It was like a couple of days ago. Oh, I think, or maybe time's gone by faster than I think, but yeah, it's all um, yeah. Um, yeah. So he has a deal with Nike, which, which like for someone who like fell kind of far down in the draft, I was like kind of surprised and excited about yeah, they must see him as marketable. Yeah. I know. Which he did he like definitely has personality. I did learn that about him, but yeah. Pretty cool stuff. Very cool. Well, okay. Um unless you have anything else you want to add, I will move on to mine. Mm-hmm. Um okay, so one of my guys was Pau Gasol. I felt as the um the oldest on this podcast, I should take the oldest on the team. Um <laughs> Pau Gasol, uh, I spent a lot of time. I went deep on uh, learning about him, which wasn't that hard because of course he has 18 years worth of uh, material, yeah. right? So this is his 19th mm-hmm. campaign. He's been in the league forever. Um, and <laughs> most of that time, so he started off in Memphis, spent um, – and then – Spent a bunch of time in the lake with the Lakers, then spent a little bit of time with the Bulls, a little bit of time in San Antonio, a brief stop in the Bucks, and now he's here. Um, all of this is to say he was kind of not super interesting to me personally. <laughs> I'm sure he's a fascinating man. I'm sure yeah. that he is like, I mean, my God, the he's been around forever, but his social. <laughs> is like super curated like like every tweet like follows the same format and like he says like you know something like you know nice in spanish and then it's translated into english and then there's like a picture of him doing something deep like gazing at something (laughs) like reading a book or like (laughs) i mean he does all these going to the opera and i like totally respect all of those things Mm -hmm. it's just very different from the fast-paced uh you know kind of fun and funky and wild stuff that some of the other guys get up to and he's yeah like he's really latched onto that personality as the opera going book reader which there's nothing wrong with an opera going book reader if i could be an opera going book reader i would be a much better person than i am right now yeah so i want to make that clear but i was like this is very different from all the other it just uh, feels very like packaged and yeah. curated, like yeah i get but it he's definitely uh accomplished a lot his you know one of his the big storylines that like they drag out every time he comes anywhere i shouldn't say it that way that sounds demeaning one of the big storylines that they like to talk about him is that he had an interest in medicine and a kind of a seminal moment in his life um like they wrote about it in sports illustrated and anyway um was when he learned that uh magic johnson had the hiv virus and he decided he wanted to be a doctor when he found that out because he wanted to cure aids so i was like wow that's like super sensitive and really cool and both his parents are in the medical field his mom is a doctor and his dad is like a nurse's administrator so that's super cool um, and so he was interested in in medicine. He he fully per- intended to pursue medicine, but he also played basketball. And he mm. even went to a year of uh, post secondary education, whatever that is in in Europe, because he was only like sixteen or seventeen, so it wasn't really college, I guess. I don't know how that works. Oh yeah, 
But anyway, yeah. he was in school. He was attending school doing pre-med stuff and also playing professional basketball. And it just got to be too much. Um, hmm. So eventually he just played basketball. And then he came over to the U.S. Um, he was the number three pick. And the year that he was drafted, the um, the top three out of the four top picks were all high school guys. And then there was him. And he was like 20. So he was like quite a bit older than the rest of those guys. Um, yeah. But yeah, so there's the whole medical thing, which is cool. He has a background in that. And like, there's stories about him when he's traveling around, he always, uh, you know, he tries to make a point to go visit hospitals and like, he doesn't just go to hospitals and visit kids. He goes and has like long conversations with the doctors and asks them about the procedures that they're doing. And, um, and everybody reports that he's like super smart, which is great. Um, he's been an ambassador um, from Spain for UNICEF since like 2003. So that's super cool. Mm -hmm. um, he goes all over the world and does things with children and childhood nutrition, which is yeah. like super important. Yeah. Um, and he's also been known to do karaoke um, to raise funds for charity, <laughs> which is better than I could do. Well, that is a selling point for me. I love a karaoke. <laughs> yeah. So there's some he, YouTube like, videos. Yeah, the vid in the videos, he's, like, taking it, like, kind of serious. Like, it's almost like he's not messing around. Like, no. he takes karaoke, like, seriously. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, got to respect it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, anyway, after I learned more about him, I mean, you know, I, I was kind of, like, surprised that he wasn't a more, um, I don't know. He's, I mean, uh. <laughs> he has a he has a like i said he has a very curated um mm -hmm. uh you know image and everything and um he kind of reminded me of sort of like ennis Cantor in that like ennis ennis was awesome and i loved everything about the ennis Cantor experience but it was very intense and it was yeah like, I, I kind of liken that to like a summer romance like when you had a, an affair with somebody at summer camp oh, like God, you met yes. another camper and you're like you know like totally in love for like the two yeah. weeks that you're at camp and then it's over and then like wait what happened like oh you're not the same person summer loving whatever um so like the ennis Cantor experience was kind of like that for me and i feel like the pau gasol is going to be kind of like we have an, ex you know, we have an exchange student who's living with us for a year. Yeah. Um, and he's like, like, like Ennis, but with like less passion <laughs> and more opera. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. That is, a, that's a really funny point about Ennis. Like obviously Ennis was great, but sometimes I was like, oh man, can we just like, you know, talk about something <laughs> It's very intense. <laughs> yeah. And then like him leave the him leaving stuff, I was like, I just don't know if that's true that they only gave him six minutes. And then, you know, I think he was just like super dramatic. Yes. Yes. He was he was very dramatic. And, you know, God bless him for his passion, because if it wasn't for everything that he did, you know, um, but yeah, but it's over now and we can all get back to our regular schedule programming. <laughs> 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 so, and, and the other thing about Powell that I thought was really interesting is like he was, I guess another kind of thing that is weird for me is that he was Kobe's mate, right? Like he and Kobe were yeah. like 
intertwined. And as a as a Blazer fan, like having anybody yeah. who was that closely intertwined with Kobe makes me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> the thing that's tough for me about Pau that I always go back to, and like right when we signed him, I had a flashback, is because Rudy Fernandez is one of my favorite Blazers of all time. So I think about the dunk contest when Pow oh, just yeah. could not get the ball to Rudy, like, and so Rudy could just not get his dunk down, and they had to like switch to a different dunk, and then Rudy didn't win the dunk contest. And I've always blamed Pow. <laughs> well, maybe yeah. he's going to come to Portland and try to make up for that. I know he should, <laughs> and maybe maybe Rudy will come to a game now or something. <gasps> yeah, you know, bring Rudy back. <laughs> yes, I know. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I went on a really long time about Pow. So somebody else take over. Well, there was a lot. There's 19 seasons worth of That's stuff. That's true. Yeah. Um, I can talk about Super Mario for a sec. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so drafted fifth overall. He's known, you know, for physicality and big, big, being a big forward. Um, played in the FC Barcelona organization for a while, then with the Magic, then with the Knicks, and now he's with the greatest organization in the country, the Portland Trailblazers, <laughs> as we all know. Um, he grew up with Nurk, which I think everybody kind of knows this now. Um, but he's from Croatia, which is right next to Bosnia. And he, he and Nurk were like neighbors, grew up together um, for like years, apparently. Um, so that's like probably the coolest thing about him. But something that I wanted to quiz you guys on on March 6th, he tweeted, the toughest player to guard is unfortunately not in the NBA right now. You have one guess. Mm. Who do you think it was? Is is it somebody who's still alive? Yes, they're okay. alive. Okay. Um, Cassidy, you're going to do better than me on this one. Uh, I have no idea. Somebody who's not. I'm, I'm trying to think of like who's in the big three right now. <laughs> <laughs> um... Let's see. I mean, he wasn't around to play Allen Iverson. Carmelo. Yes, Carmelo. Is it, is it Carmelo? It's Carmelo. Oh. Which huh. I like, did not. I, it took me a long time. Well, so I was thinking of former players. And, like, I guess Carmelo technically is a former player, but since he still has a shot at potentially someday being on a team again, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, Carmelo. Ah. Yeah, very interesting, huh? Yeah, that is interesting. Um, and now we have um, people tweeting about, like, Carmelo having a fine. I can't remember what the hashtag is. Yeah, get, uh, what is it? Get Mellow. Get Mellow, a, what is it? A farewell tour or something like yeah. that. Something about yeah. a farewell tour. Yeah, and I and Dame was, like, a big part of that. Mm-hmm. And Dame... Dame was like, we can't pay him. And then we paid CJ like crazy next. <laughs> well, he knew we had to do that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What do you guys think about Carmelo having a farewell tour? Um, I just like don't care, you know, like, I don't know. I, I don't need players who, I don't need every player to give me another year. Like people stop playing and that's part of it. And you don't need to like, you know, mm -hmm. beat a dead horse about it. Besides this year's Vince, Vince Carter's year. No one else needs a year. Yeah. Okay. Vince Carter's the exception. Yeah. Best. There's certain players who deserve it. And I just, why not everybody yeah. deserves a farewell tour. 
Yeah, like, and this is like very controversial, but I was like, did couldn't care less about Dwayne Wade's last year, and I know people are like, what? But I just like, it's just like enough. I'm like, yeah, you like had an amazing time. Everybody loved you. I don't need to like cry that you're gone forever. And like, I I I love how I'm saying this. Like, if it was any blazer, I'd be like devastated. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, so, everybody has to honor him and worship him at their stop yeah. on his last game. That's probably the root of it is just like, yeah, they're not blazers, so I don't care. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Whatever. It, it'll be interesting to like, you know, because between, you know, this with Carmelo and then recently, you know, Jeremy Lin sharing about how hard it's been yeah, for him to not yeah. get picked up. Um you know, I wonder if we're going to see some, um, not really changes, but like, I, I wonder if things are, uh, if they're going to, people are going to approach the end of their careers, start thinking about how they're going to wind out. Because what I can see happening is like eventually a whole slew of uh, final years. <laughs> like we've got yeah. five guys who are on yep. our final tour this mm-hmm. year um, yeah. and all just like trying to outdo each other and like everybody trying to yeah. outdo each other and the gifts and everything that they give to them until it's just like ridiculous, but they get to go out on a high note. <laughs> yeah. It does kind of feel like a time when there's going to be like a lot of turnover, like soon, like a lot of the really great people are like, getting old at the same time yeah. right now it feels like you know There's a lot of 34 year olds out there <laughs> yeah. 35 year olds yeah right on okay well super mario very good cassidy who else did you okay. have okay so anthony tolliver um so kind of as a contrast to the goofy side of hassan Whiteside, i uh kind of did a little bit of research on tolliver and he is definitely interesting he is super focused on making the world a better place. I think that's just a mission that he puts out there. His mom was a teacher for 31 years. And I think that that plays a big part into that, wow, that mission yeah. to change lives. Cause he saw it happen with his, her students. Yeah. And I thought it was adorable. Their childhood home is still in their family. And when he goes back to visit, he stays in his childhood bedroom. <gasps> <laughs> which I thought was so nice for an NBA player to want to connect with their roots like that. Totally. Um, he does a lot of really great charitable things. He's worked with the Nothing But Nets uh, campaign mm-hmm. for the United Nations, uh, trying to put an end to malaria. He's working with the one campaign, I forget what it's called. I think it's Starting Five, which is about bringing water to places that do not have drinkable water. Um, and he's a man that wears so many hats. He has put his business degree from Creighton uh, to work already. In 2009, he partnered with a long-term friend to start Say You Can, uh, which is a business that flips properties and turns them into student housing near universities. Oh, cool. Um, The name came from a phrase that his mom always said to him, yes, you can. Uh, And so that's where they got that. He owns Active Faith, a Christian athletic apparel company, and he's the founder and board member of Lil Anglers, bringing it back to fishing. Um, (laughs) I like like fishing. A kid's fishing company that sells products all over the place. Like, it's crazy. I guess they're in like a million of half stores. Mm -hmm. So that's Anthony Tolliver. He sounds fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Anthony, that's a lot of stuff he's got going on there. Yeah. What's Christian athletic apparel? 
I don't know. <laughs> That's a really good question. I what's it, wait, what's it called? Like an active faith? Active faith. And I've looked at it. I don't. I know. don't know what. I mean, Maybe it's kind of. Like, I think him and Myers's tattoos might get along. Like the, uh, he's got a truly blessed socks. Okay. Maybe this takes over our right arm blessed, and now we can be Anthony Tolliver socks blessed. Yes. <laughs> um, just speaking of that, you know what I. So this is separate to like the research that we did for this podcast, but recently, so I was thinking a lot about Myers's tattoos and after the Hassan Whiteside thing happened, I was like, I wonder if Hassan Whiteside has any funny tattoos. So I went and looked and I'm pretty sure he doesn't have any tattoos, which I thought was like the craziest thing ever because I can't name another player that doesn't have a tattoo. CJ doesn't have any tattoos. No, really? At one point, I remember him saying that he didn't have any tattoos and it was something about like, you know, his body was already perfect or something like that. But he may have changed it since then. That's, okay, well, that's cute. Do we have two players with no tattoos? We need to get a final, final word yeah. on this because we could be breaking records right now. I know. I like I was looking up like pictures left and right. Like I got to find there's got to be a tattoo on him somewhere and I could not find one. And now that I'm, look, oh. I'm looking at CJ right now and I don't see any either. This is crazy, you guys. Wow. wow. No tattoo gang. Breaking news again. I'm sorry. I'm like, <laughs> oh my I'm God, distracted now. Now I have to go Google. Uh, okay. Uh, we're, we have that. That's amazing. I'm, I'm yeah. speechless. Um, okay. So but we were talking about Anthony Tolliver, who does have tattoos. Yes. Right? Yeah, I think so. I'm going to get super confused this year about Anthony and Anthony. Yeah. That's going to be really hard. Like, we're going to have to go with last, last year. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Except for I keep calling, um, Anthony Simons Hardaway by accident. So I'm going to have to get through over that too. Yeah. So much to do. So much to do to prepare for this year. (laughs) No, and remember, I know. Truly. Wow. Guys, I'm not seeing any tattoos on Tolliver either. No way. Okay. We definitely need to like. Did we just uncover something? This is crazy. This is like, I can't believe this. Okay, our listeners need to like tweet at us or write yeah. us at hoopstalks yeah. at gmail.com to let us know if they know if CJ, Tolliver, Whiteside have tattoos. Cause yeah. This is like super interesting. Getting confusing. Yeah. Um, but it's not great podcasting if that's all we talk about for the next five True. minutes. That's so fair. I'm going <laughs> I'm gonna move us on. Unless you have anything else you want to add about Tolliver, that was awesome. He sounds fascinating. That is it. I love that he has a line of children's fishing stuff. Um, <laughs> okay, so my last guy is Kent Bazemore. Um, yes. he entered the league at the same time as Damian Lillard. They have almost the same middle name. Uh, Kent's middle name is Lamont and Damian's is Lamonte with, it's like Lamont uh-huh. with an L at the end of it. Um, Bazemore was also a four year player. He played for four years at Old Dominion and he was also born in July. So there's a lot of a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. I actually um, so Kent Bazemore had a podcast called Wing in It, which was on The Ringer, and he and uh, Vince Carter did it together. Oh and man, I know. And I listened to one of him uh, w- of the two of them talking to Damian Lillard. Um, oh, right, at, it was was it 
it was shortly after Nurk broke his leg. So before the okay. playoffs. And it was so interesting because um, Carter was talking about how when he was younger, he learned how to be a um, uh, how it was important for him to get everybody else involved on the mm. thing. And like, cause that's what Damian Lillard was talking about. And he was like, yeah, because then that year, um, because one year I went into the playoffs and I just got double teamed the whole time and I couldn't get the rid of the ball and I couldn't do anything. And it was just awful. <laughs> and blah, 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 blah. And then yeah. Damian was like, well, actually that's pretty much what happened to us last year. So we're mm-hmm. going to work on that. And I was like, you did, you did, you did it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but anyway, so we still got doubled, but we, we found ways around it. But there were other options. So yeah. it was, it was pretty cool. Um, so anyway, yeah, I can't, I don't know if he's going to, you know, do another podcast or whatever, but, um, so he does have podcasting experience if we need another podcaster on the team. Yeah. Um, let's see. He had his highest scoring game just last season. He scored 32 points in that game. Uh, he gets a fair amount of steals, like, like per game, he doesn't, you know, rack up like huge numbers, but percentage wise, he has been among the top 20 in the league in steal percentage for a couple of years. Um, so, I mean, that speaks to, I think him, uh, hustling really hard on defense because the thing about Kent Bazemore, uh, which I think is going to make him a really nice addition to the team is that, uh, he was undrafted. He had to, you know, work real hard. Um, to make it, he was a end of the bench guy for Golden State for a year and a half. He was more known for his bench celebrations than anything else before he got moved. Um, yeah, there's a great compilation on YouTube of his bench celebrations. So it's um, going to be like Kent versus Zach. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of a lot of the same style of Zach's of like the nice. you know, put planting your feet real wide and then putting your hand up in the air and going doing like a deep knee bend that kind of thing. Nice. Yeah, a lot of that. Uh, but um, so after being at Golden State for a year and a half, he was traded to the Lakers. And this Lakers team, this is going to be important. So this Lakers team, <laughs> it was like one of the worst years that they've had in a really long time. It was like they won like 25. That It was a terrible year. It was the 13-14 year. Um, and uh, suddenly Bazemore got like all this playing time and he just like balled out. Like, you know, he went from having like six minutes a game to like 28 minutes a game and scoring and doing all kinds <laughs> of things. Cause there was nobody on that team. It, it was the year I think that Kobe retired in after playing the Blazers. Um, uh, do you guys remember that, that it was the Blazers who broke Kobe and made him retire? It was beautiful. It was so good. Cool. Um, <laughs> But, okay, so this is all a long story, but it's going to come back around. So that Laker team that Kent Bazemore uh, played on for that half of a season, um, it had, like, everybody on it who played on it. Like, that was the year Chris Kamen was on the team, the where, the year that he laid down on the bench because and, like, they <laughs> made a meme out of it. Um, yeah. But he played um, – but the way that he got from Golden State to the Lakers is he was traded for, wait for it, Steve Blake. <gasps> Steve Blake. So Blake was what? on, remember that year that Blake got sent down and he played for the Lakers? Yes. So halfway through that year, uh, there was a couple players involved, but it was basically, but God. Steve Blake went to Golden State and Kent Bazemore came to the Lakers. And as a result, Bazemore and Pau Gasol actually played a couple of games together on the Lakers. Oh my gosh. Look at this. Coming together. 
that is story time cool yeah story time is over there's a lot of uh blazers in that story chris cayman kent bazemore pau gasol all blazers now steve blake look at that yeah, it just uh, I, I was thrilled to follow that little that little train. The other thing <laughs> about Kent Bazemore is I think it, I think it started in Atlanta, but there's this thing called the Bays Gaze, which I felt like I should have known beforehand. But have you ever heard of the Bays Gaze? No. So he, yeah, he he was known for like being in the background of people's walk off interviews and doing oh, this yes. little look. Yep. Yep. I did hear about this. I didn't know there was a name, but I saw like a compilation. Yes, it's called the Bay's Gaze. So yeah, it's it's reminiscent of like um, Mo's sort of like when Mo Harkless would go up and like and sneak up on um, Kevin Clabro and and Lamar Hurd, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. So more full circle stuff going on here. Right, right. Just fit right in. Exactly. So hopefully, all of our intensive research. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we'll shed a little light for uh, listeners on what our new players are like. It's always hard to lose, you know, players that we love, but there's always something interesting and fun about getting to know the new guys. Yeah. Um, would anyone like to add anything else? Otherwise it's probably time for us to wrap it up. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, this has been really fun to talk to you, Ashton. Do you want to tell folks um, how they can find you and remind them also like uh, where they're going to be able to find the magazine? Yeah. So we're um, flagrants mainly on Instagram right now. It's at flagrant mag flagrant, like the foul mag M a G. Um, and you'll be able to buy us on um, flagrantmag.com in a couple of days. We will, ha- we'll launch that. And, the magazine itself will launch September, October-ish. We're trying to make it coincide with the NBA season. So look for it then. Um, and yeah, that's that. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, yes. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it was super fun to talk to you. We're going to have to yeah. do this again. Um, yeah, check- and, and sometime when I'm in Portland... I'll have to go to a meetup of sorts. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Come to a what meetup? Yes. We have a great time. We're actually having a, uh, a what we're doing a, uh, folks from women's hoops and talks. We're getting together and we're doing a shift at the food bank in a couple of weeks. Oh, how nice. Put on all of our blazer gear and go talk about the blazers together and load food. (laughs) We figure we're going to be talking about blazers anyway. We might as well do something useful. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you can follow the Hoops and Talks podcast by subscribing to the Blazers Edge podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at Hoops and Talks. You can find me on Twitter at TCB Biggs. Cassidy, would you like to take us out of here? Yeah, and you can find me at Cassidy Gemmett on Twitter. And remember, we love emails. Send us an email, hoopsandtalks at gmail.com. Send us our suggestions and tell us who's tattoo-free, who has secret tattoos. We need to know. (laughs) And that'll do it for this week of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and have a good one. Bye.